2: Hello and welcome to True Crime, the podcast that helps you find new, emerging, and undiscovered true crime podcasts. I'm Greg, the host and curator of True Crime. We have made it to Friday in this special holiday week of true crime extravaganza. Since we're moving into the holiday weekend, we're going to have a little extra present for you every single day. I'm not going to ruin what it is. You're just going to have to come back here and check it out later today. If you're enjoying this holiday week of true crime and you'd like me to do more things like this, just send me a tweet on Twitter at Indie You can also send me a DM on Instagram at Indie and I'll be happy to talk with you. Would love to know what you like, what your preferences are, what you'd like to see more of, or any suggestions about the show whatsoever. One of my favorite things about doing a podcast is interacting with you. Today's episode is from Creepy Tapas. Creepy Tapas is a horror podcast serving up tiny tastes of terror with a new theme each week. This episode is fun and a little terrifying. It's called Holiday Home Invasions. So make sure you lock the door because it might not be Santa that you hear in the middle of the night. If you like today's episode, make sure to check out the episode description for links to subscribe. All right, let's get this show started.
1: Begin. Welcome to Creepy Tapas, where we do the opposite of deep dives
3: and bring you tiny tastes of terror connected by a common ingredient. True stories to haunt
1: and chill you and the pop culture they inspired. Or at least the movies and books that remind us of them. Join us as we descend into darkness. Beginning with the lighter side of our weekly topic. And wrapping with a full dark, no stars account of terror, madness, murder, and more. It's Creepy Tapas, (laughs) y'all.
3: Christmas might seem like the one time a year crime takes a break. The unfortunate truth is that certain crimes hit their peak during this joyful season. Robberies, breaking and entering, or just taking advantage of a gift hiding spot. It's sad you have to remain vigilant during such a joyous time. Snuggled safely indoors with our loved ones, we trust the measures we've taken to keep them safe are foolproof. But what happens when the locks, curtains, and lights aren't enough to keep the strangers out? Where greed meets giving, the holidays can quickly spiral into a nightmare. What truths lie beyond the imagination in a world where reality is often more horrid than fiction. Come along, ghoul fiends, as we descend into darkness on today's episode of Creepy Creepy Tapas. Tapas! <laughs> it's Christmas. the most stressful time of the year. There'll be credit lines maxed out while spoiled
1: children shout and make you drink beer. Wonderful, <laughs> Wonderful time of the year. <members> <Dassault> Greetings, ghoul fiends. Tis
3: I, your host. Ash. And I'm Jordan. And we are here today to talk to you about... Some Christmas shit. Christmas shit. Holiday home invasions. I fucking love
1: Christmas, pal. I do too. Even as an atheist, it's just happy. It's real magic. It is magical.
3: Yeah, it's the closest we're going to get to magic without like going to Disney.
1: Oh my God, I love Disney. It is magical also. I've never
3: been to Disney for Christmas.
1: Ooh, I've never been to Disney for a holiday. I always go in the spring. I bet they go all out. They go all the way Oh my out. God, I see pictures of it. They make these huge elaborate gingerbread houses. And Today's December 1st. December the 1st.
3: Yay, look at that. Look at that. 24 more days. I
1: know. The elf made his return. Yeah. yeah.
3: Did Jimmy come back today? Jimmy's back. That's Axel amazing. was so
1: friggin' excited where uh, where did jimmy go he was just in the kitchen he brought axel a mug of hot chocolate and left him a little note he doesn't do anything fancy on the first day no he just comes over he just shows up and says hey here I am, dude. What up? And Axel wrote a reply letter. Oh, he did. He wrote on the bottom of the note, Jimmy left him that he loved him and he missed him.
3: Oh, <laughs> I love Jimmy. Every year when Jimmy comes, he always does the most creative and fun things. <laughs> Elves that do some really mischievous shit in people's houses. Does Jimmy get
1: up to a lot of that? no no he doesn't make messes i would banish him ah so he knows better he does know better he just (laughs) hides in random spots he doesn't like put cereal all over the kitchen no 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 No. i mean he makes Axel breakfast sometimes but he doesn't make a mess y'all gotten that helpful elf he is very helpful he's sweet he's just sweet he doesn't make messes he leaves a little presents every now and again i wish i had a jimmy when i was a kid Yes, same. But the thing about our childhood is that the
3: elves weren't allowed to leave the North Pole yet. But now we have so much mass production technology. Like now, you know, they're allowed to come down instead of staying up there and making presents. And
1: I think that that's just so amazing.
3: So I I really love Santa and I'm excited to bring Lyra to the mall.
1: I always take Axel to the Bass Pro.
3: The Bass Pro one is the best one. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Bass Pro Santa Claus. Yeah, that's the shit.
3: I know we do creepy things around here and that is likely why you are here listening.
1: However, I would be
3: remiss to not introduce our inaugural season of cheer with this hopeful slice of happiness. When I was Googling the phrase breaking and entering with the phrase holiday season, all these different pages were coming up where families were actually winning a customized Christmas breaking and
1: entering experience.
3: What? Yeah.
1: Winning it? That doesn't seem like a prize.
3: This is a thing that happens nationwide, and I'm sort of surprised that we've never heard of it before. This place called Solutions of Change started the trend, and it is incredible. They're this nonprofit based in Las Vegas, and they provide therapy, counseling, family support services, housing to members of the community that are struggling. They're an awesome organization. Once a year, around 150 homeless parents and their kids will be amazed as they walk into a totally transformed housing campus. Hundreds of volunteers from dozens of groups sign up with Solutions of Change to be a part of it all. The volunteers actually play Santa, breaking and entering into a unit and deck the halls free of charge. One thing I love about this is they use personal details about the family and they make sure that the decorations vibe with who they actually are. They come back to full refrigerators, handmade blankets and sweaters, notes of encouragement, positivity, and of course, a cornucopia of colorfully wrapped gifts under a fully personalized and decorated Christmas tree. It's actual Christmas magic. Well, that's really sweet. Mm-hmm. It almost brought a tear to my eye when I was reading that. I was like, oh my goodness, like that, what a what a wonderful thing. Well, Chris Megason, the founding CEO of Solutions to Change, was quoted
1: saying, Tears flow freely as parents recall past holidays filled with chaos and disappointments that accompany homelessness. Many are overcome by the love of others who they've never met. It's a very special moment here at Solutions that drives home one of our key messages. You are part of a larger community. It is not us and you. It's all of us together as one.
3: Sharon Anderson, whose family received a breaking and entering holiday experience
1: in 2018, said, Breaking and entering was truly magical for my family. After years of hopelessness, tragedy, and heartbreak, I saw the pure joy and delight in their faces. This was the beginning of our healing process together and we are forever grateful for solutions for change and all of the wonderful volunteers who came together to bless our family. My kids finally felt comfortable and free to be themselves.
3: (laughs) Isn't that sweet, man? That gets you right in the holiday feels. Now, my mom and I, we had a charity Christmas and uh, we were unwrapping presents that were given to us by just members of the community who who saw a tag that said probably something to the tune of, like, girl 15. (laughs) And, like, they just bought what they thought a 15-year-old girl would want. Well, since I'm A, not a girl and be a fucking weirdo. None of the things that that fall under that category. I mean, they were buying me like curling irons and shit. I had like a like a pixie cut. Oh no. So, uh, you know, and it was okay like mom and I, we have a sense of humor. So, we just had a really funny Christmas together. It was just the two of us again. It hadn't been that way in years. It was like we just laughed. We just laughed so hard. at like the silly cuz she it was her too. Like she got some presents too. Oh, really? And I, it was just so the opposite Everything was like the antithesis of what who we are as people. And it was fucking hilarious. Um, But but at the time, Walmart allowed you to return things like just as long as there was a scannable barcode. They would be like, sure. And
1: they'd give you cash. Yes. So mom and I like brought the shit to Walmart and we got stuff we wanted. Well, you know, they still do that. As long as Walmart sells it, they'll take it back and give you store credit
3: yeah you don't get cash anymore they stop they stop giving cash it stopped operating like the uh the fucking animal crossing like like nooks
1: where you just walk in with
3: some shit and they're like here's some money like (laughs) let me take that off your hands for you Fucking a weird ass business model. Any Hoosier. I think it's really great that these guys personalize it like that because that was definitely um, a thing that was missing from our experience was that, you know, everything was just so silly. <laughs> well, that's okay, though. Yeah. It's the thought that counts. It is the thought that counts. and it, And it meant so much to us. You know, it really did. According to reports from the National Crime Victimization Survey, two specific types of crime increase in December, robbery and personal larceny. They increase by roughly 20% during the season of magic. However, more violent crimes like murder do tend to take a break. So, hey, you know, porch robbery. At least it's not murder. I don't want to get robbed either. I, I know mean, no. I don't want to get killed. No, I don't. I don't want none of it. But you I ain't know. trying to
1: get killed during Christmas or <laughs> Th- at all.
3: <laughs> Thanks for not killing people during the holidays as much. And maybe try to extend that philosophy to the rest of the year. Yeah, maybe. Experts guess that the reason for this is because people steal out of desperation. The holiday season does, for so many people, bring this undue pressure. You got to deliver shit to your relatives that are kind of out of reach for you financially. There may be like a super rare item that someone else has that you want to give to a loved one. Or maybe you just flat out don't have the cash. Your family wants it, you know, gorgeous decorations for your yard. You just don't have the budget for that shit, whatever. The more people that are out and about traveling and shopping with cars full of expensive items are just carrying cash around. The holidays sadly, are the perfect time for opportunistic thieves. Which sucks. Yeah.
1: I mean, Christmas does put unrealistic expectations on people. And there's a lot of people out there like me that are poor as fuck. We do good to make it through the regular year. And then all, you know, your kids have all these expectations for Christmas. And you want to make sure, I don't know, it's rough.
0: You want to make sure give it's a, good.
1: Yeah, you want to give them a good Christmas and good memories and like a wonderful childhood and that's just expensive. And toys and electronics and everything else that they market to these fucking children all oh year God, round. Yeah. I swear, these kids get more advertising thrown at them than mm-hmm. we ever did. No, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Yeah. God, he always wants something.
3: Always. Well, it's it's, not and it's just so much worse anymore. at Christmas yeah. because
1: they kind of expect it.
3: Yeah, yeah. And, and they're like, well, I know that I'm going to get an amazing toy, so I just need to make sure that I ask for the right thing and I'll probably we get it. Yeah. It seems to be the prevailing attitude. And, you know, I remember there being an element of magic and mystery where I would maybe get one thing if I made a list that I really, really wanted. We were, you know, kids of the 80s and 90s. We had really fucking simple demands.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and there were three of us. So my parents had to buy for three kids, not yeah. just one. So
3: that's making the dollar stretch. Yeah. Because, you know, I you mean, you know,
1: they always pulled it together, though. Yeah, I don't ever remember having a bad Christmas or one where they were like, we didn't get a whole lot of stuff because everybody was struggling. I
3: don't know. It was still magical. The thing that I always remember the most is like my grandma's house and the holidays
1: was and always decorations and doing stuff, you know, yeah. as far as financial expectations go. My parents always pulled it together. I feel like kids are going to be happy with what you can do for them. I mean, they may be a little disappointed that they're not getting some expensive gift that somebody in their class got. But, you know, most of them know that it's the thought that counts. (laughs) That y'all are trying. (laughs) I'm trying. Times are tough everywhere, kid. Santa's having a a rough year. It is. And I always find a way to get him what he asks for. (laughs) You know. Him spoiled. (laughs) we poor and he has no idea. I do like to when he asks for really expensive things, remind him that I'm a house cleaner. I'm like, do you know how many toilets I have to scrub to buy that for you? And he like doesn't care. He's like, can you just scrub a couple more? It's fine. I've heard the wonder of this child being like, He's just like, just use your credit card. Just work harder. Just, it's fine. I'm like, who are you? Right? What is this? <laughs> I love you, but you're a monster. <laughs>
3: The FBI did a report and they found out that New Jersey is the number one state for burglaries during the holidays. Okay. They had 83,000 burglaries Shit. last year around the holidays. That's insane. That's why I mean, It right? sucks, but yeah. I'm glad I don't live in New Jersey. That's true. <laughs> Officials also say that more than $130 million in items were stolen from homes last year alone. Throughout the like whole year. Th- throughout... Uh, not just Christmas time. I think the holiday season. Oh, word? Yeah. Damn. That's how I interpreted it. It was specifically talking about holiday, holiday time. It's vague. Yeah, it is kind of vague. Google it on your own. I Mm -hmm. found that from a single source. Lazy writing. Boo. I mean, we're busy. (laughs) I'm busy. Okay. We're real busy. I don't thought it was interesting. Security experts say one way to protect your home is with Lighting. They say bright lights inside and out can deter criminals.
1: Yeah, leaving your porch light on really deters people from coming up yeah. to your door at night.
3: Oh, yeah, especially if you got like a camera out there and shit. Nobody, no one really wants because they know that they can see you. You know, honestly, at this point, I just assume everybody does have cameras. Your front porch camera, that's an awesome way. You know, if you have a Simply Safe like I do, it's not an ad, but it could be Simply Safe. <laughs> Could be. It could be. I love you. That's also a deterrent. They say that um, houses that have some form of front porch camera are hit 36% less than other
1: homes. As many videos on the internet of people walking up to people's door cameras like i just assume everybody has one so I yeah. try not to pick my nose at their door like <laughs> it's gonna get recorded yeah you
3: can't you can't do the final uh preening that you would usually do in the glass on someone's yeah, like front stare door into their like, glass
1: and pick the goop out of your eye yeah no
3: none mm-hmm. of that now you have to look presentable as you yeah, approach take your wedgie <laughs> yeah <laughs> you take care of your business in the car why are
1: you digging in your ass on my porch <laughs> <laughs> come in here and shake my hand after it's been all up in your butt crap what are you gonna do if you've got packages coming
3: while you're at work or away for a long weekend well the first thing you can do is make sure that you schedule your packages for when you are going to be home if that's possible but in the event that there's no other way around it you get a neighbor that you trust have them pick it up usually tracking is really good but um you know, as soon as you get that notification, shoot him a text like, hey, pal, can you get my package? Because that's a a heavily lifted thing, too, is people will just go up on your porch and just They see that Amazon smile and they're like, oh, this is mine. Whatever this is, it shall be mine. Whatever it is. That's right. That's right. It's also really important to note that these types of crime are declining over time. So even with the spikes in December, you know, people are either stealing less. I don't know. Maybe it's the ring cameras, but the overall averages are on the decline. So that's nice. I remember reading it was like 18% less. Right. Because everybody
1: assumes everybody has cameras. Right.
3: And and I, I think, you know, that thing of like, if you think you're being watched, you're less likely to...
1: To do something. We are always being watched.
3: Right now there's someone watching us.
1: Everywhere you go. I always feel like somebody's
3: watching me. Lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, score one point for the humans. That's pretty cool. I'm glad that we're stealing less at least. You know, but not all thievery is expensive gifts or cash. Some of it's just robbing another family of the holiday spirit. I, I don't know. Maybe you need a little of your own or maybe because you hate inflatables. I hate inflatables, but I don't go around slashing people no let's dive into a few real life humbugs whose hearts were two sizes too small
1: florida Mad. fucking florida a 55
3: year old in Hylia, florida went shopping on his neighbor's porch on december 17th he wasn't shopping because he didn't pay he was caught on a ring camera as he approached the home removed their holiday wreaths from their front door and casually walked away to what end so he could
1: decorate his own door he took their fucking wreath off their door and went and put it on his own. Yeah. Like they wouldn't know that it was theirs. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't it be funny if it had their last name on it or something? Right. <laughs> <laughs> There was a picture of it. I'm not going to post it because it's it's his face. I'm just telling
3: you this, but I'm going to cut it. But it was really funny because he looks so serious. Oh, this is mine. <laughs> yeah.
1: This mine. Is it
3: was really bizarre. The wreath traveled four miles to his front door where it only impressed his neighbors for a very short time before the 55-year-old turned himself in. The wreath ended up being way more costly than just fucking buying one because he was held on burglary and petty theft with a $10,500 bond. Damn. Yeah.
1: Just, like, go to Lowe's and buy a wreath, my dude. I go to the fucking Dollar Tree and buy a wreath. Whatever. <laughs> like, it ain't gonna be fancy. But no, <laughs> no. But you can get one. Yeah, like a dollar
3: twenty-five. Yeah. <laughs> Across the country, the next day, December 18th, 2018, two guys from itty-bitty Emmett, Idaho. Emmett, like your doggie.
1: No, sweet mm-hmm. guy.
3: Emmett is itty-bitty. They have a population of 6,500. Smaller than Small. Yeah, these guys were arrested after connection with the theft of Christmas lights from a South Caldwell home. Their plans were thwarted by an anonymous tip coupled with front porch cam footage and the Grinches were ID'd. The 22 and 28 year old were arrested and the decorations they stole seized by the police. However, the last house that foiled their plan, that was one of 30 homes. That they had hit.
1: They were just going around stealing people's decorations? Yeah.
3: Nice. Police. Dressed up like the Grinch. <laughs> That's hilarious. They're no, probably they, No, they were not. Oh, they, they were weren't? Not. No, they were just real life Grinches because they were stealing. Oh. Yeah. I
1: misinterpreted. I, I wish people would dress up like the Grinch. That would have been dope. That would have been fucking hilarious. Yeah. Just going around taking people's decorations. I was just reenacting the movie. Fuck y'all. You could leave a note on someone's porch that says you've been Grinched. Yeah.
3: With like a Polaroid. Of Bitch, UK I got and your shit. shit. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do it to you. I'm going to uh, Grinch it uh, oh. this year. Good luck. Yeah, you got way too many fucking people around your house. (laughs) Ah. Police rounded up all the stolen cheer and brought it to the police station where families could then recover their decor. Both men were charged with theft. And to this day, no one really knows why they did it. They never offered a motive. They were just kind of like, eh.
1: They're probably drunk. 30 houses. I will. That's so many in one night. So maybe they were on some cocaine. Because <laughs> that's a lot of shit to do. <laughs> a lot of shit to do. <laughs> they were just yes. running through it. Give me a shit. <laughs> <Yeah>! <laughs> uh, fucking coke fueled
3: rampage. Our final tale of holiday joy snatching comes from a viral TikTok video about a forward-thinking mama dealing with Grinches in our modern times. Jordan is actually going to really love this one. Am I? Mm-hmm. Okay, what's up? Nissa Galvin, a sassy and Stylish Texas mama had a little foresight when she bought her yard display this year in an effort to protect her precious inflatable village God from, damn it. <laughs> from holiday marauders they are not
1: precious
3: she had a great idea we put trackers on our inflatables said nissa 29 in her trending tiktok clip which has fetched over 8.2 million
1: views in two days putting these bad boys on my christmas inflatables because my neighbors were stolen over the weekend
3: turns out it was a great idea because at 2 a.m a day or two after putting them out three supersized blow-up baubles starring the grinch Max and a Christmas tree were all stolen right off her porch. Luckily, there was another layer of modern security that kept this family in the know. The surveillance footage proved the baubles did not just get up and walk away on their own, and as you can imagine, the thief did not get far. If you don't know, Apple AirTags are linked to your Find My app with all your Apple devices, and you can pinpoint the exact GPS coordinates and bring you straight to its location. Nissa used her app and traced her decorations back to a nearby residence. Can you imagine stealing someone's shit and like boldly putting it on your porch in the first place? But like stealing locally, that's a whole nother layer of stupid.
1: Yeah. I mean, like how far, how far away was it? Not. Well, that's, that's <laughs> like that other guy that took that fucking wreath and just walked down the street with it and fucking hung it on his door. Like these people know what their decorations look like, you dumbass. Yeah. Now that I live in
3: an area where it's a little more dense and populated, I drive through a lot of neighborhoods to get to other places. and you. you you know what people have. I have this, these images of decorations that are very specific to the houses that they go on from like walking my dog around and shit, right? Right. So everyone has their own personal style. Like it's just so ridiculous that you would be like oh yeah, I'm just, I'll get away with that. I like it. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. They'll just think
1: I bought the same one. Hmm. We went to the address of the trackers and called the cops. Nissa said on her TikTok. However the cops could not do much. Even though her decor was placed
3: alongside what was presumed to be other stolen items. The police had limited powers and were unable to recover her belongings.
1: The homeowners didn't answer their door, so the police couldn't
3: just go busting down their door. She explained on her video and replied to incensed commenters. People were advising Nyssa to... Steal them back, bro. What are they going to do? Call the cops? (laughs) Or even suggesting a more violent end to the Christmas spirit, saying... I don't knife
1: those inflatables. Ain't no one enjoying my stuff.
3: However, before Nissa had to get all gangsta on them, she was able to get authorities to try again. And this time, they were able to rescue her porch dressings. So I'm sure you're relieved to know that uh, she got her inflatables
1: back. Good for her.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> inflatables are the fucking worst. Yeah, I know. You hate them. Would do you know what the most stolen decoration is? Mm, nope. Mary's little baby, Joseph's stepson, and a guy who has the power of flight—the Lord's the Savior Himself, Baby Jesus.
1: Does he have the power? Can he fly? I'm
3: pretty sure he can. F- fucking float like into the the heavens, can he? Like, like all the
1: fart rocket himself <laughs> up into <laughs> the heavens. Doesn't he like uh, put his hands out and
3: uh, <laughs> like, like up
1: into? floats away like a <laughs> like a vampire
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: just I, levitating.
1: I mean, that's I've seen it in pictures like I've seen it. There's paintings and shit. You've seen it. Mm, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah I mean. Mm. He's like. Okay. Floating up. All
3: right well floating baby he's Jesus. He's got the power of flight. Jesus is frequently kidnapped right out of his bassinet in nativity scenes. <laughs> uh, why not? Whether to be provocative or just an act of protest Jesus goes missing all the time. All
1: the damn time all y'all. All the damn
3: time. Where's Jesus? Where are he at? Bitch is gone. He wrote Rose from his own crib. <laughs> he has risen.
1: <laughs> Go into hell in a hot ride. Yeah, <laughs> and I called him a bitch and made fun of him. <laughs> well, my parents are gonna be super offended by this one, y'all. Sorry, guys.
3: <laughs> oh, just you know, my favorite comedian that I grew up with was George Carlin. So I don't know. Oh. So at the Sacred Heart Church in Haverhill, Massachusetts, Jesus was replaced by a severed pig's head wrapped in plastic. What? <laughs> yeah, ugh. it caught the attention of the FBI because they were like, hey this might be a hate crime. It's kind of a weird thing to do. That
1: is a weird thing to do. The Havernell police, Havernell police detective Robert Pistoni said, if our investigation leads us to think this person was motivated by prejudice towards a religion, it will be treated as a hate crime.
3: In 2014, an activist took her top off and stole Jesus from a manger in Vatican City. Titties. She is ballsy as fuck. The Ukrainian woman was a member of Femen, a feminist group based out of Italy. She was naked from the waist up as she stormed the nativity scene and had the message God is woman on her torso while thousands of people looked on. Nice. Of course, because it is Vatican City and there's like a shitload of security, she was apprehended immediately and held for disturbing the peace. Obscene acts in public and, you know, theft. Well, but she didn't get it. I mean, in the photo of her, which we'll put we'll put on our Instagram, she's... Uh, tits flopping in the wind. Well, no, the Vatican security's like holding her mm. and she has Jesus and she's like uh, screaming.
1: I got him! Mm.
3: God is a woman. Okay. So the other day, um, because this, because I wasn't raised in a religious household, I was listening to a podcast and it got a little Christian on me. It was a meditation podcast and it randomly got religious? Christian. Yeah. I was like, whoa, what's happening here? Whoops. Yeah. I was like, oh no. I, I accidentally stumbled <laughs> into Bad. your hole. Yeah. I, I was like, this is weird. Um, They said like, talking about Jesus's stepfather. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Jesus's stepfather, Joseph, because God is Jesus his dad, but Joseph raised him, so Jesus's stepfather. Okay. <laughs> and it was the first time I had ever put nuclear family labels on yeah. any of that mythos, and it was really funny to me to mm-hmm. think of it like Joseph being this like exhausted stepdad to Jesus, and he's just like, oh, "Come on, marry fucking he, kid." He, he's he's doing it again. He's like,
1: fucking floating.
3: Get him off the damn ceiling.
1: <laughs> he's standing on top of his bathwater and is refusing to get in it. <laughs>
3: He turned water into wine for all of his friends. None of them are old enough to drink. No. This, is, this is madness. Get his shit under control or I am divorcing you, so help me. I'm all send to military school. So help me, your son's father. I will leave this house. <laughs> so yeah, she she tried to steal Jesus. It didn't work out. It didn't work out. So frequently Jesus rises from his bassinet to go have an adventure. That exhausted churches have actually taken a note from Nyssa and started putting trackers on him. Oh, there you go. Yeah, an Enterprising security business based out of New Jersey, Brickhouse, kicked off the Save Jesus campaign in 2005, giving out trackers to churches and other organizations (laughs) so that they could keep track of their Jesus. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it's pretty enterprising if you ask me. They're like, first hits free, guys. Everybody gets one. Yeah, everybody gets one. (laughs) It's like (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man. Pastor James Carney told Seattle (laughs) News Station, KIRO that the stakes were high for this type of shenanigans because...
1: I think... Being candid, your mortal soul is in danger. Fuck. <laughs> Holy shit, y'all. I, I think after some of the jokes we've made today. <laughs> my uh, mortal soul's in danger,
3: Absolutely. Too. <laughs> so, speaking of Grinches, How the Grinch Stole Christmas is one of my absolute favorites as a kid. But the one that I loved was the 1966 cartoon with the book narration.
1: Yeah, well, that was the one that was out when we were kids. Mm.
3: <laughs> I loved yeah. it, too. Well, here's an interesting horror connection for you. Boris Karloff was actually the voice of the Grinch. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Which I think is really cool because we didn't hear him really talk as Frankenstein. No. (laughs) So the Meanie Greenie himself is actually based off of a real guy. Did you know that? I did not. Dr. Seuss said that he based the character when he was writing it off of his own persona. Oh, (laughs) off of himself yeah well at the time he was going through a lot of shit i guess his wife had a brain tumor and Uh, he was he was having a really dark time that sucks Mm -hmm. which has to be hard when it's like your job to like write really joyful peace-loving children's books
1: yeah that's true but going through a rough time this is where
3: you know the grinch was born oh my god and i love it isn't that great so, in the story, the Grinch laments that he's had to put up with the Who's celebration of Christmas for 53 annoying years. Dr. Seuss was 53 when he wrote and published the book. Eh? He also confirmed the connection in a December 1957 issue of Redbook, saying,
1: I was brushing my teeth on the morning of the 26th of the last December when I noticed a very Grinchish reflection in the mirror. It was Seuss. So, I wrote about my sour friend, the Grinch. To see if I could rediscover something about Christmas that obviously was lost. Seuss's stepdaughter, Lark Diamond Cates, stated in a speech in 2003, I always thought the cat was Seuss on his good days and the Grinch was him on his bad days.
3: He also drove a car with a license plate that read Grinch. (laughs) Nice he had a vanity plate if we're taking a note from the good place that means that uh he went to hell because he had a vanity plate (laughs) that show is fucking hilarious (laughs) yeah i love the good place it's so funny um i just love everything that like mike shore greg daniels like that whole crew of of people is just amazing
0: plus
3: well there's one guy who'll be channeling his inner grinch in theaters on december 9th david howard thornton art the clown <laughs> this is going to be so much fun dude he's starring in this amazing looking horror
1: adaptation of how the grinch stole christmas called the mean one according to wikipedia in the sleepy mountain town of newville cindy you know who saw her parents murdered by the mean one a bloodthirsty green skinned creature dressed in a red santa suit 20 years later, as the ravenous monster begins to terrorize the town and threatens to ruin the holiday, she finds a new purpose in stopping the beast.
3: Dude, I can't wait. It looks like a great time. And I think David Howard Thornton is maybe my new favorite horror star.
1: I didn't even know they were making this until you said something about it. And I think it sounds fucking amazing. And I'm surprised they haven't done it until now. I know, right? Like, why? Why have we waited this fucking long? I,
3: it's such an awesome idea because he's such a um a natural villain. Too. Yeah,
1: I wonder. I wonder if he gets good in the end. Like, does he have his you know character arc like he does that in or the? Not. I, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs>
3: keep killing it is not that kind of story. Well, I'm really excited to see it. Some people have been wondering how the hell these guys are allowed to even do it, since the Grinch is a licensed character. Well, Small town photographer has gone viral were issued a cease and desist letters and even you're about to dump coffee on your shirt you're about to dump coffee on your butt right on your tits (laughs) my non-gender specific fat flaps
1: (laughs) (laughs) do you like my fat flaps (laughs) well you're about to spill coffee on on your tissue and fat flaps (laughs) adipose tissue flaps I don't know that I would want to refer to mine as flaps. No, no. (laughs) That insinuates that they kind of flop around. Yeah, mine aren't there yet. (laughs) Oh my God.
3: Okay, anyway. Yeah,
1: past that. Sorry. Some
3: people have been wondering how in the hell these guys are allowed to even do this since the Grinch is a licensed character. There was a case that happened a few years ago where small town photographers went viral and they were issued a cease and desist and even had legal action taken against them to stop selling Grinch themed sessions to their clients really yeah well and the problem was that they were saying it it's a it's a Grinch photo shoot and they were also so they were using the name but they were creating it where like the kids were crying so it was painting the character in a light that the company didn't like the representation of oh so I think that sometimes they might Let things kind of... Kind of slide if you're not
1: making them look bad. Well, and also if you're not making a whole bunch of money. That's true. You can't be profiting too much off my shit.
3: Yeah, so (laughs) if you do, for example, like a Belschnickel or a Krampus style photo shoot, no one's going to come after you because that's public domain. That's like doing Santa Claus. Like nobody owns Santa Claus, you know. Um, But the Grinch, people own the Grinch. (laughs) Like you can't, you can't go around saying, you know... My Grinch is going to come and make your kid cry. That's $200, please. All right. Yeah. The difference is it's an unauthorized parody, which means no one gave these guys any licensing or rights to use the Grinch's name, his likeness, or specific language from the franchise. But the character himself has been changed just enough to avoid any legal trouble. So the definition of a parody, because I know so many of you are curious, <laughs> is...
1: The imitation of a style of a particular artist, writer, or genre with deliberate exaggeration for comic effect.
3: So referring to the antagonist as the mean one and the protagonist as Cindy you-know-who is enough to keep it from crossing any legal lines. I'm 100% super stoked to see the mean one. Um, December 9th, all the theaters. Check it out, guys. So Home Alone is most likely, I think that's the most well-known Christmas invasion movie. Probably. And typically I wouldn't consider it horror, but as a child, it scared me. So.
1: Yeah, it was definitely suspenseful. Mm hmm.
3: Yeah. It was like a it was like a children's action film. Yeah. You know, um, nothing like that really existed yet. So that was kind of cool. But, yeah, it's, it's a series of American Christmas family comedy films. Uh, they're by John Hughes, directed by Chris Columbus, Raha Gosnell, Rod Daniel, Peter Hewitt, and Dan Mazur. Kevin McAllister is an eight-year-old child living with undiagnosed ADHD and a family who hates him because they have way too many kids and not enough time to deal with his bullshit. They really did have too many kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. While everyone else leaves for their fantasy Christmas in Paris, they leave Kevin behind... Air quotes, by accident. Wink, wink. It wasn't an accident. <laughs> Don't act like they did it on purpose. Whatever. Kevin enjoys the solitude, jumping on beds, eating ice cream, watching gangster movies, being loud and shit, you know. However, two total dumbasses, Marvin Harrier, around the neighborhood, robbing their rich neighbors while they're all away in exotic locations for Christmas. You know, like rich people in the 90s do. Right. Kevin makes it his job to thwart the robberies, using a bunch of wild-ass, imaginative, Tom and Jerry-style traps to kick their asses. The success of the first movie inspired producers to order six more. They did six Home Alones? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. They even have an all-grown-up film in the works currently. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. It makes me feel super old that Macaulay Culkin's like 40. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, like, I guess we all grew up together. <laughs> <laughs> right? Fuck.
2: <laughs> I
3: watched an amazing holiday home invasion movie uh, the other night called Better Watch Out. Ooh, yeah, I watched that last night, too. Yeah. And I did. Yeah. And I, I stayed awake. <gasps> I'm so excited about that. I'm so excited that you stayed awake because it was worth it. It It was was. shit was crazy. Mm -hmm. I don't want to give too much away because I feel like the moment that you realize like what's happening, I don't want to take that away from anyone who hasn't seen it. Do you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, it kind of twists from what you think it is to what it actually is. Mm. Um, It has some really fun moments and there's some scares that I feel like are not like in the beginning, there's some jump scares, but then the scares get more like
1: deep and visceral. You know, honestly, it starts out real awkward with this 12 year old trying to mack on his babysitter. (laughs) Like he is super awkward. It's disgusting. Yeah. It's like almost uncomfortable how awkward it is. (laughs) Well, And
3: then he there. I don't think this is spoiling. He (laughs) he pops open a bottle of champagne.
1: Yeah. And just starts fucking chugging it.
3: Yeah. You know, and he orders a pizza. But he's he's basically trying to have dinner in a movie with her.
1: Yeah, he lights a bunch of candles.
3: <laughs> yep. You know, it's it's really just awkward and weird. But then it it becomes a little hmm, because he tries to kiss her on the couch. Yep. Yeah, it's like a it's a really odd moment, and I feel like when they're sitting there watching the movie, that's really when things start kicking off. Probably about like ten ten fifteen minutes in, it really starts to. Uh, To get going. But anyway. I don't want to spoil it, so here's a quick summary. Better Watch Out, formerly titled Safe Neighborhood. I'm glad they changed the title. Yeah. Yeah. It's a 2016 psychological horror Christmas film directed by Chris Peckover. What a a fucking cool name. Right. (laughs) 18-year-old college-bound Ashley is babysitting an old client, 12-year-old Luke Lerner. His parents are going to a Christmas party, and Luke, who is in love with Ashley, again, very awkward but probably typical for a 12-year-old, attempts to set the stage for a little romantic evening. You know, he wants to seduce his babysitter before she moves away. Things start out okay, but some odd shit starts going down and you realize these two are not as unsupervised as they think. Like I said, there's some bold strokes and fun twists, so I recommend going into it blind and maybe just not Googling anything about it, you know?
1: Well, I watched the trailer. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I watched the trailer before I watched the movie and the trailer does not give anything away very cool
3: I, I thought it handled violence very tastefully too uh there were some moments that were I don't want to give away but that but that were incredibly uncomfortable like what was happening but you didn't see anything yeah and I thought that that was really cool because it it becomes the kind of movie that maybe a younger horror, movie watcher i'm not talking about young like prepubescent but yeah. like 15 <laughs> maybe 16 don't watch kids old. watch it <laughs> yeah no but a 15 or 16 year old i could see really really getting into it you know <laughs> so am i alone in this because i feel like i really need to know i had the thought and it made me crawl deep into this rabbit hole how is santa not being arrested for breaking and entering
1: <laughs> yeah i've thought that before <laughs> dude like why are people cool with this <laughs>
3: <laughs> he's let this dude in their house ha- and they like make their children go to sleep before he arrives yeah go to sleep before the old guy breaks <laughs> in our house <laughs> i mean sometimes man like i wonder but we all trust him and love him because I- he's santa
1: claus right it makes my kid happy
3: You know, (laughs) that's the rationale makes my kid happy. But I did wonder, how is it that everyone is so cool with it? You know, this dude is avoiding all kinds of security. And if I were a kid, I would 100% be putting a motion sensor in my chimney. You know, (laughs) technology's changed. Yeah, it has changed since we were kids. You can find out that shit. Absolutely. I would put a silent alarm on a SimpliSafe monitor and my phone would let me know. And I'd be like, he's here. (laughs)
1: Oh, that would complicate things so much. It sure would.
3: Now, the law varies from state to state, but we'll break down some potential legal struggles the big guy might face where he apprehended on his annual (laughs) joyride. On Christmas Eve, Santa gets access to your home through an open chimney. Entering through the chimney, although it constitutes as a burglary, does not involve the breaking part of a breaking and entering charge. No chimney, no Santa key. Santa will have to open a door or a window And there's the breaking and entering issue. So once he's inside while everyone in the home is sleeping, you know, it's a whole rule, right? Like you have to be asleep or he won't show up at all. So he's entering at night while he knows the dwelling is occupied and everyone is asleep. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Sounds sketchy. Right. He then delivers presents and eats a cookie or drinks a little milk. So here's where the intention gets involved. Did he come over to your home for the purpose of committing a felony? He did just take something that he intends to permanently deprive you of. A cookie. The the cookies and the milk, (laughs) right? Could it be possible that Santa is a felonious cookie thief? Probably.
1: (laughs) Him's just a little chubby. He's hungry.
3: (laughs) Well, the long and short of it is no. Do you know why? Nope. Well, it is a giant legal loophole you leave for him every year that you encourage your kids to create even. A note. I don't know that Axel's ever wrote a note to him. You need to write a note, especially now that you don't have a chimney. You need a Santa key and you need a note. And here is why. Your letter to Santa is evidence of your consent for him to enter your home while y'all are sleeping. So Chris Kringle is well within his rights to be there. And the only way his entry could be considered a crime in a court of law would be if he did not have explicit consent from you guys. Mm-hmm. So minors can't give consent in certain states, and that's true, but what of the parents who sent the letters or the cookies that they put out? You know, parents are conspiring with the children. They're colluding to allow him inside. And as far as the cookies tangling Santa up in legal issues, you know, they're obviously not the sole reason for entering the home because he's also dropping off gifts and all that. So there's no intent in the case. So y'all be sure to help out old Santa this year. Consider having everyone sign the note just in case your state doesn't let minors give consent. You know, make sure
1: the whole household consents.
3: Make sure that that Santa's covered this year. Yeah. Yeah. Leave him out cookies. Leave him a letter. We all know about stealing decorations, but what about breaking in to decorate? (laughs) Well. And like without a charity backing you up, just breaking in to decorate.
1: That sounds fun.
3: (laughs) That is exactly what a 44-year-old in Vandalia, Ohio chose to do in December 2011. An 11 year old resident of the home was alone as his mom was next door visiting with a neighbor. The 44 year old broke in high off his tits on bath salts, but luckily for everyone, he meant absolutely no harm. In fact, all he wanted to do was celebrate.
1: (laughs) Merry Christmas, (laughs) y'all! I'm fucked up!
3: (laughs) <laughs> okay he hung up some lights and some garland <laughs> he lit candles and he even hung a big lush wreath on the garage door okay now what did smacked out santa do next you may be wondering <laughs> why he sat back and enjoyed a christmas movie on the television of course well naturally it sounds made up as hell but i promise you it happened <laughs> <laughs> during all of this the 11 year old that was home and Sorry, uh, boy, I robot. The 11-year-old bot. (laughs) Robot. (laughs) Oh, no, someone is in my home. Help. Mom. Mom. (laughs) During all of this, the 11-year-old boy that was home and hiding, scared and silently maneuvering around the house to stay hidden, broke his silence. He finally got to a phone, called his mom, and told her what was going on. This caught the attention of the uninvited house guest, who was described
1: as polite, and he said to the kid on his way out, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to scare you. I'll get my things and go. You know? Yeah. He, he didn't mean no harm. No. He just <laughs> he just wanted to decorate. Yeah. He's just fucked up. It's fine. Merry Christmas.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, y'all. Now, this next story gets a little darker. We're going to get into some violent crimes and our darkest and final stories for today. We're about to turn the lights down. It's getting darker in here. Have you been letting your kids listen so far? You should probably get rid of
1: them. You maybe shouldn't let your kids listen. Yeah. yeah.
3: Tell them to get on because we're about to get into some violent crimes. In our darkest and final stories of today, we're going to talk about some really scary home invasions, which include robberies and murder. So some names have been withheld to protect the innocent. Mm -hmm. Listener discretion is advised. You ever go to a house party where everyone's outside and all the coats and purses and shit are just like lumped on a bed in the guest room?
1: Yes. (laughs) I always feel super weird about that. Yeah, I do too. Like... Yeah. I mean, most of the time when that happens, it's like a family event or a bunch of people that I know. I never abandoned my stuff with a bunch of strangers. No, no. Usually I'm like, it's cool. I'll just carry it.
3: You know. Or I just, I left my purse in the car. It's fine. Yeah. I've always felt really odd about it. And I've always wondered who's watching the house while the owners and the guests are all getting shit-faced in the backyard. Oh, well, I didn't even think like, about that. Whenever I went to a garden party, I'd always be like, who's watching this?
1: i've never been to a garden party what the fuck is that well
3: like when you go to someone's house and then you get drunk on their lanai and i was living in florida oh, their so what their lanai what the fuck's that they're screened in lanai their porch, their porch on a porch a, yeah their porch <laughs> on a porch their fucking pool and everything and you'd go over and you'd get shit-faced okay that sounds fancy yeah but usually people would leave their doors unlocked you know because people just are coming and
1: going so okay your house is just open random people could just walk in i mean help themselves theoretically
3: yeah people might
1: not even notice not even
3: know and we're just leaving all of our fucking coats and bags and car keys right everything just in a guest bedroom like on the bed just like, like Last year, a backyard holiday celebration in the Pacific Palisades, California, came to a screeching halt. It was around 8 p.m. when two partygoers went back into the home to get something out of their purses. When they entered the home, they were immediately confronted by two men wielding guns demanding their personal effects. The robbers were captured on footage taken by the homeowners' two security cameras as they entered the home through the front gate. Shortly after, they would encounter the two guests retrieving their purses and the whole nightmare would begin. The robbers threatened them and said,
1: You need to give me your wallet, iPhone, watches, and jewelry. The homeowner also told CBS, It happened in our family room, and it disgusts me because that's the place where we spend a lot of time. I'm feeling disturbed and violated that people were in our house with guns.
3: Although many personal possessions were lifted from partygoers, luckily no one was hurt. LAPD said that at the time they were investigating over a hundred similar robberies that happened over the last few months. A friend of the victims told CBS it's happening all over the city. He and other friends of the victims feel that cash penalties aren't enough and that the bail system doesn't deter criminals or keep them in jail.
1: He added the idea of a no bail or low bail environment only emboldens and perpetuates a systemic problem. It's getting worse and it's rapidly, rapidly deteriorating. The intruders were never apprehended.
3: Damn, I don't think anyone's shit got recovered either. Oh God, that sucks. Yeah. Well, shit, y'all. I guess I'm glad to be so antisocial. Nobody invites me to their holiday parties. Same. <laughs> I have one last thing we got to worry about. This is a rough story, y'all. Yeah, it's a icky one. It was Christmas Eve, 2008 in the quiet, low crime community, 22 miles east of LA. The absence of snow is hardly noticed with the twinkle of Christmas lights and the spirit of joy filling the air. The Ortega family especially loved Christmas. Every year, Joseph, a.k.a. Papa Joe, and his adoring wife of 53 years, Alicia, used the holiday's exciting energy to spend oodles of time with their family. The Ortegas threw a huge party, including their immediate and extended family and close friends. In all, around 25 people gathered around, enjoying a traditional Christmas feast, which featured Alicia's famous pozzoli recipe, an annual family favorite. Laughter and joy filled the air as the family feasted together, happily celebrating one another's presence and love. Once dinner had finished and the bellies were adequately stuffed, the adults started a game of Texas Hold'em poker as the children went separate ways, playing with toys and video games. It was around 11.30 p.m. when the doorbell rang. Eight-year-old Katrina skipped excitedly to open the door and was greeted by a familiar face, her uncle Bruce. Bruce looked festive, dressed up as Santa Claus and carrying gifts. Katrina was so excited. Santa was at her door and he had presents too. Sadly, that moment was cut short when a sharp pain struck in her face and she fell onto the floor. Bruce was no Saint Nick and he was not here to spread any kind of Christmas joy. He just shot his niece in the face with complete impunity. He then immediately began indiscriminately firing rounds into the home. Those were no presents in his hands. Inside the brightly colored wrapping paper were two millimeters semi semi-automatics and a homemade flamethrower on a trolley. All hell broke loose. James Ortega and his brother Charles were the next victims. But during their attack, Charles was able to scream out, It's Bruce! Run! 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 before falling to the floor. James and Charles went down heroes. Even after being injured by gunfire, they kept fighting,
1: trying to get the guns away from Bruce. Irma Ortega was quoted saying, Even bloody, they got up. They stood up. They tried to grab him, tried to stop him, but they couldn't. This quick action bought Papa Joe, Alicia, and their daughters, Leticia, Sylvia, Alicia,
3: and their daughter-in-law, Teresa, time to realize what was going on and hide under the tables. Unfortunately, once he was free to do so, Bruce shot each of them execution style, which must have been absolutely terrifying. While all of this was going on, many adults who'd heard Charles scream were able to run to the part of the home where the kids were congregated playing games. They rushed in, grabbed them, and escaped through the back of the home. As they were all scrambling to get out, Bruce unwrapped a package containing a homemade flamethrower on a trolley. He sent it all over the home, spraying racing fuel gasoline and setting the home ablaze. And it was massive. The walls consumed with flame. Brave Leticia, the only Ortega child still alive, made it to a phone and called 911 to get help sent. At this point, the fire caused an explosion and the flames went as high as 50 feet. 80 firefighters arrived at the scene and it still took an hour and a half to put it out. Most of the children, with the exception of eight-year-old Katrina and 17-year-old Michael Ortez, were able to escape unharmed. A huge thanks to the eldest Ortega men for making that escape possible. What a pair of dudes, you know? Authorities also believe this was owing to the quick-moving adults who made a choice to get all those kids out as soon as that gunfire began and before the flames consumed all. The fire burned so hot, victims were identified from dental and medical records. Bruce would also be injured by the flames, suffering from second-degree burns that were so gnarly... Pieces of his polyester Santa suit had melted into his
1: flesh. gross. Good for him, though. Yeah,
3: I mean, like, yeah, I read that, and I was like, that's disgusting, but, like, good. Yeah.
1: That's insane. He would rip the suit
3: off. (sighs) Oh. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Drive 40 miles to his brother's house and complete suicide. Bruce would ultimately murder nine sweet and innocent people. Alicia and Papa Joe Ortega. Their two sons, James and Charles. Two of their baby girls, Alicia, Sylvia, Alicia's son, Michael, Charles and James's wives, Sherry and Teresa. Although we can never know exactly why Bruce committed such vicious and sinister acts, here's what investigators surmised from the evidence and witness testimony. Sylvia Ortega had been married to Bruce for a little over a year before they had separated. The divorce had only just been finalized the week before Christmas, and Bruce had to pay up. The court ruled Bruce needed to pay Sylvia $10,000 in the settlement. And she would also get to keep the engagement ring as well as the dog. <laughs> I like. It's not a funny story at all. No, but it made me laugh when I was researching it because I feel that that like she was like you. It needs to be official yeah, that I is get the my dog. dog. <laughs> yeah, like the I dog just really, is mine. I feel like I really would have connected with Sylvia on that. <laughs> like, yes, you need to make sure the dog is in the contract. That is in the settlement. <laughs> well, Bruce was furious. He argued to the courts that Sylvia was irresponsible, that she lived off her parents' money, she partied constantly, and was frivolous. He did not think that she deserved the money, and he certainly didn't want her to keep the ring either. Spinning into a rage, Bruce would ultimately murder his ex-wife and her family, permanently altering the landscape of how their family functions, loves, and stays together. I want to end this story on a happy note to let you all know three people were injured but survived. So remember little eight-year-old Katrina? She made it. Oh, nice. The bullet struck along her jaw, sparing her life. A 16-year-old girl was also shot in the back as she was running away, and a 20-year-old who'd been upstairs when they heard the ruckus downstairs jumped from the second-story window, breaking their ankle in the fall.
1: Oh, damn. Mm -hmm. Well,
3: 14 years after the attack, Letitia and Katrina Yusuf Polsky maintain family traditions, staying close to one another all year. The family joins for dinner and gift exchanges, recounting good times and sharing stories about those they lost. Instead of attending church on Christmas Eve, like the past tradition, they all visit the cemetery. The family shifted in the wake of the tragedy. One boy who lost both of his parents in the attack actually became the guardian of his three younger siblings. Letitia and her husband took in her sister's youngest daughter. Letitia and her husband also took in her sister's youngest daughter. They worked to save Christmas for their kids after the attack and told them that was not the real Santa. She even called friends from the hospital to make sure gifts were put under their tree for them. The kids were later sent to a camp that helps with grief and trauma, which is super proactive, and I love her for all of that. Letitia, who's now in her 40s, says that there is, of course, still anxiety and nightmares, although consistent therapy for years has helped.
1: I lost my identity completely, Letitia said. Can't even tell you how much I miss them. Everywhere you turn, there are memories of what we used to have and then memories of that night. You cannot escape it. Christmas will always be there, and we will always continue to celebrate it.
3: According to the Daily News, the family's been especially touched by others' tragedies, particularly during the holidays. When a mother in Connecticut lost her three daughters and parents in a house, Letitia encouraged her daughters to write letters for her comfort. Last year, when a gunman killed 20 children and six adults at a Newton school, they again wrote letters.
1: Katrina usually writes, It'll be hard, but just have hope. Don't give up. We have to keep moving in our everyday moments. There are those moments we think we've been through the worst. So this cannot break us. If you Google uh, Katrina
3: Yuzapolsky, she actually speaks at a lot of anti-gun and like gun control. I guess not anti-gun, but like, yeah, maybe anti-gun. I don't know. She goes to a lot of protests. She goes to a lot of rallies. She speaks a lot at things and she's very open and giving about her experience, like surviving that trauma. Um, And it really is amazing when when I saw her, you know, a video of her speaking, I was like, "Where did he shoot her?" You can't see it. No, it looks oh. like she has a dimple. Oh, there's just a. It just looks like she's got a dimple. <laughs> it's wild. It's wild. Um, That's amazing. She I, just an incredible survival, um, and the fact that like those adults were able to act quickly to get the children out. Um, yeah. I, I just think is is uh, kind of like. I don't know, it's re- it's really good that uh, the two oldest brothers caused such a scene and made it so difficult for Bruce to get that first wave. Done. Yeah. Because I, I feel like they really hindered. They slowed him down quite a bit. Definitely, definitely. Um. So, I mean, hopefully no one listening to this ever has to go through it, but it, even if you're scared, take a chance. Because no matter what, no matter what happens, you will have an effect on, you know, you're the monkey in the wrench.
2: You yeah. know, like...
3: It, you got to do it. You got to do it. You got to try to fuck them up. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: Go down with a fight. So that's our episode, y'all. Happy December. Yes, it has begun. It's December, y'all. And we have such an awesome schedule for you guys. Oh, my God. I'm so excited.
1: Yeah, I think we break <laughs> so some excited. pretty good
3: themes for December. Yes, we did. We did. Um, starting with uh, next week where we're going to be giving you the naughty list.
1: Who's on Santa's naughty list, do you think? Mm, hmm. I can imagine there are a few. Yes, yeah, so we're going to talk
3: about some children who absolutely belong there, <laughs> as well as some movies that we love about kids that are a little crazy. Thanks again, guys. And if you want to support the show, don't forget to
1: subscribe, write, and review. <laughs> Woohoo!
3: Thanks again for listening, y'all. We sure do love you. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. If you want to keep up on things, you can hit us up on all social media. All of them at Creepy Tapas. That's right. We're just Creepy Tapas all over the damn place. (laughs) Creepy Us is a free podcast, and we intend to keep it that way. But if you like what you hear and want to support us, please like, rate, and review. It helps us grow so
1: we can keep serving our tiny tastes of terror to amazing listeners like you. We would love to hear from you, so send us your personal stories to creepytopus at gmail.com. We are self-written and recorded with production by Freddy Cat Productions, music by Kevin McLeod, and graphics by Panther Creek Graphics.
2: Thanks again for listening to True Crime by Indie Drop-In Network. If you would like to nominate a true crime podcast to be featured, just send me a tweet at Indie Drop-In. I'd also love to hear if one of our featured podcasts is now your favorite show. Indie Drop-In survives off ad revenue and listener donations. If you would like to contribute, please consider buying me a coffee. You can go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash Indie Drop-In. If you look at the very bottom of the episode description, I put a link in there to make it really easy. Indie Drop In has many other shows that you also might like. Just go to indiedropin.com. All right, see you next week.